We're in the midst of a healthcare revolution. Digital health is breaking down barriers for patients and providers, changing the way we do business, regulate healthcare reimbursement, and deliver care. From telemedicine solutions to medical devices to AI to innovations we can't even name yet, it's taken years of dedication from innovative leaders to pursue healthcare progress. How did we get here? What's around the corner for digital health? Let's find out together in Trailblazing with Digital Health Pioneers. Welcome to Trailblazing with Digital Health Pioneers. I'm Dale Vandermark, a partner in the McDermott, Will, and Emory Digital Health Practice. And joining me today is Liz Rocket. Liz is a managing director at Kaiser Permanente Ventures, a national leader in strategic venture investing in healthcare. Liz has over two decades of experience in the healthcare industry and is focused on venture investing within health IT, digital health, uh, and tech-enabled services sectors. Prior to joining KP Ventures in 2015, Liz served as the Director for Health Impact Investing at Imprint Capital Advisors. Liz, thanks so much for joining us. I'm so glad to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Absolutely. So Liz, uh, to get started, why don't you give us a little bit of a background in terms of how you um, decided to move to KP Ventures? Sure. Um, so as you mentioned, my work just before joining um, Kaiser Permanente was in impact investing at Imprint Capital um, and had done some interesting work in that space, just understanding sort of how um, folks who had some sort of mission interest as well as a financial, a desire for a financial return of some sort, were looking at U.S. health and healthcare, which is where my whole career has been. Um, and I joined that effort really believing that this was a way um, to bring about some of the changes that we need in, in U.S. healthcare and in the health of U.S. communities. Um, learned a lot there. And ultimately, you know, in making that hop, that firm was getting acquired into another larger organization. And it was a moment for me to consider where my path was headed um, and decided uh, as I met the team at Kaiser Permanente Ventures, it's a really special organization. Um, that really holds that mission of Kaiser Permanente as the lens through which we look at the world of venture capital, the lens through which we look at opportunities for investment. Um, so for me, it was a little bit of the best of both worlds of both a committed fund um, that's looking to do good um, from a financial return perspective, uh, be a strong venture fund, but also really uphold um, a 75-year-old mission, a really important uh, organization's vision of what healthcare can be. Um, so knitting those two together is what brought me over. Well, that's a, that's a really fascinating topic. It's one that we don't generally, I think, see when we talk to investors, that element of healthcare that is mission-driven. Um, usually, of course, investors are looking out for a return on investment. Um, how do you find marrying those two, um, um, I'll call it missions, within your investment fund working out? Is it, uh, uh, is it everything that you've, you've hoped it would be? Yeah, so it's, um, and I do think it's interesting. I think the folks who invest, venture investors, many people are drawn to venture capital because they want to change things, because they want to be part of something new and drive things um, for change. And many people do get into venture because they believe that new, that change will create good in the world. Um, obviously the reality of venture capital is such that and make returns tends to become more of the lead of that sentence than, than the follow for many places. But, but I do find um, in healthcare venture, there is that perspective of we're investing in things that are going to change things and that's going to be for the better. Um, 
from the perspective of doing this work within the Kaiser Permanente context, what's been really valuable to me is um, I joke all the time that like Liz should not tell <laughs> anybody within a clinical practice what change is needed. I should be informed by, right? So my interest in investing um, on behalf of KP is very much let me let my investments, let where this capital goes to be instructed by and informed by those who are actually trying to work within the paradigms that we have today and who know what would be beneficial. And that, you know, that wisdom comes from a lot of different places within the healthcare system. Um, but that's um, that's kind of the promise of the fund. Now, to your question of like, what does that actually look like? Because there are those twin um, objectives. You know, we have both the objective of making a financial return and in the 25 year history, just about or uh, about 24 years in. Um, but in the history of this fund, we have done quite well financially and we're really proud of our returns. And we do all those things of benchmarking ourselves against um you know, Cambridge data on all those things to understand, are we performing well? Is this working as a venture fund? Should it just be an innovation effort or, or does it hold merit as a venture fund? Um, so we pay very close attention to that. Um, and that guides a lot of our, I would say final decision in terms of when you're looking at various deals and getting to the place of, are we, or aren't we going to go forward and make an investment? Um, a lot of that financial focus is first and uh, front and center at that stage before we ever get there is where that strategic interest and that mission interest shows up. So I look at it as sort of uh, um, often a first line screen on the world, right? That we're only going to be looking at um, folks who are building in a way that is in keeping with the spirit and mission of Kaiser Permanente. Um, and then of course, the role of venture capital is to get involved with those companies over the life of the company. Um, and often we find ourselves, um, you know, speaking on the boards or as part of the investor syndicate, not just as returns interested shareholders, um, but also as stakeholders who are interested in the broader impact of the company uh, and what it is meant to do. Um, we hope that that's a great benefit to the entrepreneurs that we work with um, who often themselves come to wanting to start a company because they wanna see some change and, um, and having that mix in the boardroom is really important. Well, that's so true with a lot of healthcare entrepreneurs that we engage with as well, that it starts from a mission perspective as opposed to I'm going to build a billion dollar company and that happens to be in this sector. Um, and that strikes me as a, a, a really good way to go, casting that larger net from a mission perspective and then having your financial um, uh, returns perspective really drive the, the ultimate decision-making at the end of the day. Uh, one question following on that though, um, in terms of your engagement with your entrepreneurs, how much of that ties back to Kaiser Permanente um, and, and how much benefit do those entrepreneurs really get from that association that you have here? Yeah, this is, so corporate venture funds in healthcare, um, exist on kind of a spectrum of how closely um, tied into their corporate parent they are versus how um, kind of tethered or a little bit with more room to roam. Um, the Kaiser Permanente Ventures function has been set up, especially because we are many of the um, the other corporate venture funds are tied to um, health plans or often um, device or drug companies where there's a little bit more of that like very crisp and clear business interest and also um, a natural separation from clinical care. As a provider-led organization, we would never want 
the interests of the venture fund, which is also in like in perspective of Kaiser Permanente to drive the um, the decisions of our clinicians, right? That's not uh, that's not the intent structure or um, sort of like what we're up to with this fund. Um, but what we do want is when we've done the work of diligence of understanding sort of we've met a company, we've been looking into a sector, um, we are learning from our colleagues within Kaiser Permanente of the importance of what a particular company is doing, that we're getting that positive feedback that this product, this service, this offering is something that we've been looking for. It's something that's going to change how we work. It's something that um, is valuable for, for various reasons. When we have those sorts of insights internally and we do ultimately invest in the company, um, our work then becomes making sure that you know Kaiser Permanente is a very um, federated organization, right? It is a very broad organization and, uh, and at times it can be hard for information to flow. And so many people within our organization work to make sure that um, that we are able to sort of exchange things well, but we're also aware that it doesn't always happen. And so can the venture fund be a force for making sure that information is flowing and that folks are meeting and hearing from each other of what is working and that sort of thing. So that is often the role that we're playing internally with our portfolio companies is making sure, you know, you've been doing this great work in our Northwest region. Are the folks in Southern California aware of that? Because it, we've just heard from another group that, the group in Southern California is struggling with an issue related to it. They may not ultimately decide to go in the same way that our Northwest region has gone, but let us make sure that you're at least getting uh, that sort of warm introduction and connection. And so a lot of that connective tissue work, as we like to say, is, is what we end up doing, as opposed to, you know, we, we don't come with a contract um, and that is not a wink, wink, nudge, nudge, the contract is coming. We genuinely, the investments are not linked to contracts. Um, and, uh, and so the work tends to be a little bit more of that informal uh, relationship building work that's so important in an organization like ours. It sounds very dynamic and it sounds like the value that Kaiser Permanente as a whole gets from Kaiser Permanente Ventures goes well beyond the investment, the return on the investment, and really goes to improving commu internal communications as well as perhaps even finding, you know, the next best, best thing to deploy. It's certainly our hope and our intention um, to be part of that. There are so many functions within Kaiser Permanente that are meant to be creating and do create that connective tissue within our organization, and we want to be part of that. Um, the unique work that we get to do within a health system like ours is to be outward facing with an internal ear. And there are very few folks within our organization who get to have that be their sole focus. And so we take that as a great privilege. Working with teams is fantastic, absolutely. I'd like to go back and just return to this notion of mission in healthcare a little bit. Um, uh, obviously healthcare is filled with all sorts of organizations, lots of nonprofits, particularly on the provider side, um, for-profit. And one of those areas that I've thought over the years would be picking up a little bit more are these hybrid organizations, the B Corps, the three LLCs, those that try to marry public benefit with private investment. Have you seen uh, the growth uh, in these in these types of uh, programs or efforts uh, in your work? Yeah, it's it's uh, such an interesting area, and I think you know, Dale, you and I have talked about just the impact that um, this uh, both the COVID pandemic and all the societal change that's been unfolding um, over the last couple of years has had on 
all parts of our industry, including entrepreneurship, including what are folks thinking when they start a business, how they want to structure that, what they want to get up to. Um, we just made our first investment um, in this past year in a public benefit corporation, um, a company called Every Table. I'm really proud of this. I think it's something that, you know, um, the public benefit corporation, this is a non-lawyer speaking, you can correct me if I, I uh, mess this up, but the way I think of it is, um, you take the, the corporate form, that traditional focus on creating shareholder value, and you plant at the heart of that an agreement by all parties that there is a mission that will not be messed with, right, for any purpose. So um, in this case, with every table, they are looking to provide access to fresh, healthy, prepared food um, at a very low price point. And so the, the mission that's at the heart of it is um, to create broad ranging access to fresh, healthy food at an affordable price point. And so anything that we do in thinking about how this company is going to grow is going to hold that sacred. The vision of that, of the CEO, Sam Polk, um, who's an incredible spokesperson for just why the mission matters for building this type of company and the strength of company that he wants to build. Um, he, you know, sort of articulates what I think is really exciting about this different corporate form, which is we can all hold that as a common focus as we build an incredibly strong company. Um, so it means taking on something that might be a little bit harder, but with a lot of intentionality and just shared focus on it. I think that there are, um, there's more good work to do, but it fits into what's just been happening over these last couple of years as I've been observing um, the, the market and just sort of how we're hearing from different entrepreneurs of what they want to get up to um, and what they're struggling with, right? I think we're seeing um, the power of the entrepreneur, the CEO, that leadership team who says, hey, we had a broader vision at the start of this and we're narrowing ourselves to fit into that growth path, which that may be valuable, but are we over limiting ourselves because of um, a more narrow focus strictly on shareholder value? And I think that, you know, we are, this is certainly hearkening back to my impact investing work um, and, and those days, but um, part of my, the reason that I left impact investing when I did was because it was still very nascent in healthcare. And that was shocking to me, right? Like in healthcare, we have so much need. And to your point, um, there are great organizations working in a nonprofit model that might struggle to get access to capital. Um, there's great ideas that end up going into the for-profit model that then limit themselves of what they actually tackle in terms of the issues that we have as a system. Um, there's plenty of space in the middle. And so kind of uh, some of the, I, I think this may be an area where um, we need the entrepreneurs to lead and pound the table. And there are capital sources that could show up and operate in different ways. Um, to respond to that, which I think is very exciting. Capital and also hopefully revenue as well. I mean, we've talked many times when it comes to digital health, the um, struggle that um, many organizations may have because of the reimbursement system. And I think the example that you just talked about is a really interesting one for, for a couple of reasons. One is um, it is not a subject that we traditionally think of as healthcare, right? Good nutrition, certainly something we should all be thinking about, but is traditionally outside of the scope of what we traditionally think of as healthcare. And as you know from our conversations, I'm a big fan of thinking about those things because so much impacts our health. But those last few comments that you made, I, I think are, are really quite interesting. Uh, 
asking, in a sense, our entrepreneurs to lead the way and um, perhaps even forego um, the apparent growth strategy that may be available to them to provide a service that is currently lacking, right? Or provide a service to address an issue that isn't being addressed in as an effective a manner as it, as it might, um, and taking that longer path uh, to change the system in a sense um, through that process. Um, I think we're beginning to see more of that. And I hope that this sort of impact investing, I'll call it social investing, however we want to describe it, um, I think could be a really good um, uh, avenue for those sorts of things, uh, because it really does wed together the mission and long-term a business as well as positive change to the structure that we have in, in healthcare. Um, but let's let's turn quickly to, to digital health. I know we've been talking kind of around it quite a bit. Um, you know, digital health um, has seen a lot of growth over the years, a lot of certainly growth in investing. And certainly the pandemic has given a booster shot to at least some, uh, uh, some versions of digital health that are out there. Uh, and we've seen a tremendous amount of investment dollars flowing into, um, uh, into digital health, into virtual care. Is there something different uh, right now than say two or three years ago, pre-pandemic about the interest in digital health? Um, or is this a continuation of what I would call perhaps a bit of hype as well as rational you know, decision-making? I laugh because so many of our conversations, Dale, over the years have discussed, <laughs> been discussing this hype in all of its various forms. Um, I, um, and, I, and honestly, it harkens back to um, what you were saying just before in regards to um, you know, companies that are, are thinking about um, the impact that they want to have and, and how to achieve that. I am still very much a pragmatist of we've got to find the revenue. Right, that that still has to um, be a north star in the world of um, health innovation and digital health, <clears throat> and just in just the reality of of sort of how we work. I think it's something that um, healthcare innovators take on something different than a traditional tech innovator in terms of how are you going to get paid is a trickier question in our industry, and you have to take it um, pretty seriously. When I think about what's changed this is part of it, right? So all of those entrenched interests in healthcare that are the gatekeepers for the lion's share of spend in healthcare, um, who have been dancing with in various ways, digital health innovations. And, and you know, the joke has been made more times than we need to count of just like, what is digital health at this point? Is it not just healthcare? Because isn't everything that we're doing some way digitally enabled? So. I would say, you know, what's exciting about this moment and what I do feel is different. And I've been, as we were talking about in this industry now for um, coming on 20 years, I'm not over 20 years yet. Don't go aging me too fast. <laughs> I'm just about there. And uh, I, um, and there has been a lot of hype and a lot of promise and a lot of excitement around, you know, okay, technology has taken over all these other industries. It's coming and there are these people who are, they're going to bring it to us and it's going to be great. And there's interest um, and then fizzle, right? There was just like this didn't quite materialize. And this period feels very different. And I think that that, that is in part because um, the leaders of 
what I often call entrenched interests, but you know, our health plans, our provider groups, um, all different the folks are, who are part of all different parts of our value chain have had to look at, we have to bring this digital. It has to become virtual. It's the only way to deliver this service. And that um, has rippled that broader scale um, is some of just like the difference that I'm feeling of this moment of you're seeing players as customers who have a broader scale to to sort of let digital health uh, grow to to more of its promise, which is what we've all been waiting for. And and now you know the exciting part of this moment is we've got the interest. We've got a lot more revenue flowing through the sector. We certainly have a lot more capital flowing through the sector, um, and we're hopefully going to start to see what this industry can do with that wind in its sails. Um, so I'm really excited about these, uh, the next two, three, five years uh, that are coming. I think we're going to see um, just a next level of both innovation, creation of access, understanding of what benefits can be and partnership um, between what has long been, you know, sort of the digital health, um, what's the right word, sort of the, the movement coming for the mainstream um, what I'm seeing and I'm hoping will continue is much more of a partnership and an understanding across that aisle of um, what's the reality in operating today, what's the potential, and how can we actually merge those two well. I think um, both sides are ready. So, that, yeah, I, that's, a, that's a very interesting comment. It raises in my mind a number of questions around the infrastructure that's needed to really embrace what technology has to offer in healthcare. Um, there's clearly the infrastructure required in order for people to have access. But of course, in healthcare, when you're dealing with so many different organizations involved in any single encounter, a payer, a provider, perhaps multiple providers, um, the infrastructure questions become much, much deeper. And I'm wondering whether, because you know, we've seen, of course, as well, many of the same things that, that, that you see, with the increased interest in the payer community, um, primarily, um, who, of course, have a vested interest in the care that is delivered and the quality of care that is delivered, together with the, um, I'll, I'll call them blue chip technology companies that are now interested in healthcare, and increasingly, um, do you see the potential for some significant shifts in infrastructure, the way, for example, we saw when meaningful use was, was first adopted um, to promote electronic medical records? Do we, are we seeing yet perhaps another significant um, uh, turn for everybody in healthcare toward some new approach to infrastructure? We're in a very different moment now, um, but some of the fundamentals that I think our tech brethren assume of, of course you'll share data with us. Everybody shares data with us. We keep it basically safe. What's the big deal? <laughs> um, and that just doesn't fly. It just doesn't fly. It's too easy to say no to for some good and some bad reasons, but it's too easy to say no to. And so I think, you know, where so much of the promise of technology is not just the ability to do a video visit and is so much more about um, the intelligent uses of data and how that can really transform um, my experience of care as a patient, a clinician's experience of caring for patients, all of that. There's still a lot of locked up promise there that I don't think um, we've yet seen how to unlock. I think it's a worthy thing to keep engaged in. 
um, I'm not ready to declare that like I've seen both sides willing to engage in good faith, but that is what it will take. That both sides are genuinely, and says both sides meaning traditional healthcare players and um, folks who bring that sort of technology to bear coming to the fore and saying, um, we wanna hear the other side and we have the intention of building something that really serves us both. Um, that, haven't seen it yet. I believe that it is possible. I believe that it is necessary. Um, but when I think about big tech and healthcare, um, that's the stumbling block that I feel like we just keep watching people trip over again and again. It's a tough one, and it seems to be universal. I and mean, we've seen some of those starts and stops uh, outside of the United States as well. We've also seen outside of the United States some very significant efforts where there's a different privacy infrastructure, different cultural attitude toward privacy that maybe allows for different approaches that, that we haven't tried in the United States. Um, that's an interesting perspective on kind of that infrastructure. It's kind of like the artificial intelligence discussions, right? We have to find, we have to find those um, levers of trust that we can figure out how to pull to get everybody, everybody comfortable. Yeah. Um, I'd like to, before we end, just um, turn to a topic you and I have talked about from from time to time on and off over the years, um, which has been the, the lack of um, uh, women in positions of, of real authority in, in a lot of organizations. Have you seen with digital health um, and with um, some of the ventures that you, you know, you've taken a look at have you seen an increase in the number of women entering into the market or is that an issue that still requires a lot more attention and, and focus? I really wish that I had the good news, <laughs> good news moment to share right here. Um, I, um, it has been really interesting for me as, um, a woman rising in this industry to sort of watch the different paths of my male and female colleagues and just sort of how folks are received, um, what backgrounds and temperaments are rewarded and all that sort of thing. Um, there is definitely um, just a total dearth of both female investors as well as um, female CEOs. Um, I know for my own fund, we've been really proud of the fact that um, for the last five years, at least, we've been 50-50 split straight, you know, sort of bottom to top on our investment and uh, broader uh, venture team. There are some truly incredible women in the digital health industry, both on the venture and, um, and on the uh, CEO or executive leadership side. Um, but it does, it remains a challenge where uh, to me, it feels a little bit like we are not immune because we are doing the work of, um, of healthcare where there are so many um, women who are executives in various forms uh, in various places in healthcare. Um, that doesn't just translate over to the venture um, and uh, entrepreneurial ecosystem, unfortunately. And so we have just a lot of work to do. Um, this is, you know, one more reason I'm grateful to get to do some of this work within Kaiser Permanente. You know, Kaiser Permanente has sort of clear what does not look like me mean, um, whether that's, um, you know, gender, race, um, ability, disability, right? Sort of all the different categories that we think of as a care provider. Um, 
come into play there. But I think that the um, that sort of thinking is what we are still very much in need of. And as a venture fund, we get you know to make these decisions that will help to transform companies as well as our industry. So it's an area that I don't have a great here's the here's the results. We've already fixed it, um, but we certainly are focused on it. And I really appreciate the question. Oh, absolutely. It's something we we focus on ourselves quite a bit, and it and it is a journey for sure. Um, uh, but hopefully, with us all working on it together, uh, we will continue to see progress because I do think we have been seeing some progress, not as much perhaps as we would like to see, but uh, we'll certainly keep up our efforts along with you. Well, Liz, um, thank you so much for joining us today to share your thoughts and digital health and everyone to learn more about KP Ventures investment in the future of healthcare, visit kpventures.com. And to learn how McDermott can help you transform healthcare delivery, visit mwe.com backslash digital health.